tonight we're gonna dig deep 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 wells of faith are you ready yes sir well let's get started hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38 says this now the just you remember several weeks ago i shared with you the justified shall live by faith I need to know who's ready for a fill-up of faith. Are you ready for a fill-up of, are you ready for a faith fill-up so that you can become faith Full, because faith in God will move your mighty mountain. Faith in God will cool the fevered brow of your infant child. Faith in God will make the desert like a fountain. Faith in God will make every devil tremble. Faith in God will evit fear in the heart of every devil. Are you ready to have a fill-up of faith? Here's how it comes. John chapter number 7 and verse number 38. He that, now this is Jesus talking, you understand. He that believes in me. Do you believe in him? Now watch. He didn't even, he's not even saying, believe that you're going to receive something. He said simply, he that believes in me. Not Buddha, not Hari Hari Krishna, not Mohammed, not somebody licking a new age crystal not somebody involved in spiritual seances and grave sucking he that believes in me if you believe in him I dare you right now to type in I believe and then share this with every person you know do it, do it, do it, do it. Are you doing it? He that believes in me. Now here's God in the person of Jesus coming back to his own word as the foundation of his faith. Isn't that what's going on? He that believes in me. Now watch Jesus reach back and get a word on it. Some folks say, what would Jesus do? Well, it's very simple. All you have to do is look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You find out exactly what Jesus would do. It's very, very simple. When he's in a situation, he is reaching back and laying hold of a word. So I would ask you right now, do you have a word? Because where there is no word from God, the people perish <laughs> where there is no vision the word vision there is more accurately prophetic word 
In other words, somebody dreamed up because it was a quip that would work real well in 42 characters on Twitter. Are you listening to this preacher? He's reaching back. He's laying hold on word. And then he is announcing that word as a debar, not a description, but the thing itself. He that believes in me as the scripture hath said. Get it, get it. Here it comes, Ryan in Pennsylvania, Livy in California, Shell in Florida, Mandy in Indiana, Kathy in South Carolina, Stefan in Kentucky. As the scripture has said, are you ready for it? Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Somebody shout, fill her up. <laughs> Come on, shout, fill her up. In the Bahamas and in Zimbabwe and in the United Kingdom, shout, fill her up. Now I'm going to get back to the definitions of faith next week. You'll remember the first definition that I gave you two weeks ago from the great Dr. Lester Sumrall was very simply, faith is knowing God, not about him. I'll get back to some of those next week, but I've got this deposit that I want to make tonight, and I need your faith to lock in with me. Whatever you've got, because we're going to drill, we're going deep, we're going to reopen wells of living water that at this moment you do not even have the revelation are within you. Out of your belly. Now, some folks say spirit, okay? I'll go with that. Out of your spirit, that part of you that when you become fearful, you feel right about here. Fear and faith attempt to reside in the same place. So if you can identify fear deep within you, you know where to drill for faith. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember those who, I'm, I'm going to jump back to generator, or I'm going to jump back to that thing about belly again. Now, I've got a whole message on faith coming up for you on how you generate faith. It's one thing to have it. It's another thing to know how to use it. It's one thing to know you have it. It's another thing to find out, like an internal combustion engine, how you take one form of energy and convert it to another form of energy. That's what happens with gasoline. They take gasoline, and uh, I've got one. It's much prettier than this one. Mine's black and white and a convertible, but there is a 1957 Chevy. 
Now, most folk don't know where you put the gas in a 1957 Chevy, but you put the gas in the 1950. Am I getting messed up with your picture? Guys, if I get too close to the screen, somebody talk to me. Am I okay? Okay, so right in this area on that fin on the 57, there's a hidden piece of fender that nobody knows but you. And if you flop that open, inside there is where you put the gas in. Now, when you put the gasoline in that 57 Chevy, it's going to make its way to something called an internal combustion engine. That's your belly. That's your spirit. You have within you, Pastor Deegan, a generator that will receive one form of energy and release a different form of energy. What happens in an internal combustion engine is very simple. It takes the gasoline and oxygen. Where's my Bible? Give me anybody's Bible. You're a good young man. I'm going to give you $100 too. Isn't it funny? $100 doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore. So what does it take? I'm trying to teach you something. What does it take? It takes an internal combustion engine receives two things, gasoline, word, and oxygen, air, spirit. Now, if you don't have any fuel, you will never be able to drive your 57 Chevy because your engine will not work because you're out of fuel. So the first thing you've got to do is fill up your belly with word and Holy Ghost. Praying in the spirit, building up yourself in your most holy what? Now then, that starts a fire inside the internal combustion engine. And that fire then is released to the pistons which drive the drivetrain which moves your vehicle. So when you get a word with the Holy Ghost in your belly, a fire is created that drives the piston of your tongue that then moves your mountain. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of gushing 
life-giving, life-sustaining water. Whoo! I'll teach you more on that later. That's not for tonight. Is that all right? Did I get, I could stop right now and have changed your life forever. Because you're trying to name it and claim it, but you never attain it. Because you're driving on an empty tank. You use your tongue. How do we, with the same tongue, curse men and bless God? You got too much sugar in your tank. You want to ruin an internal combustion engine, dump the gas tank full of sugar. I sent someone out. They wanted to fill up my car. It's actually Ashton's car. I said, go ahead. Here's the money. Go fill it up. They drove it down. They put the nozzle in. They filled it all the way up. Brand new car with diesel fuel. You can't run a Holy Ghost engine with the fuel of Netflix. Just seeing, if, is it on? I'm just checking. Is it going out? Are you getting it? All right, here we go. Getting down to business now. Somebody shout, dig, pastor. Cindy in Grenada, David in Quebec, Peter in New Zealand, reaching the world tonight. And we just think it's normal. Remember those, Hebrews 13, 7. Give me the Amplified. Just jump right to the Amplified. Hebrews 13, 7 in the Amplified. Here it is. Remember your leaders. In order to remember them, you must first have them. He is no leader who sends his troops first into battle. Jesus went to hell so you wouldn't have to. Back to earth and back to heaven again. Then he said, come on and follow me. Remember your leaders, for it was they who brought you the word of God. Consider the result of their conduct, the outcome of their godly lives. Imitate their faith, watch it, their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. That's important. Say, God is the creator and the ruler of all things. Now, I'm telling you, I need two hours tonight. I've got to hurry. Imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists. Number one, Hebrews eleven six: He that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Imitate their conviction that God exists and is the Creator and ruler of all things, the provider of eternal salvation through Christ, and imitate their reliance on God with absolute trust and confidence. Do you know what absolute trust, confidence, and assurance translates to? Faith. 
Faith in God is absolute confidence, trust, and assurance that he is who he said he was and will do what he said he would do. I just gave you another definition of faith. Upon God in his power and his wisdom and God's goodness. Now, we're going to dig. Here we go. You got your shovel out. Huh? You got your diamond bit drill out. Because drilling deep costs you something. That drill bit, my friend, you don't get at the corner drugstore. And you don't get in most churches. 2 Timothy 2.2. The things. I'm going to go through it. I'm coming back. The things, the doctrine, please say doctrine, the doctrine, the precepts, the admonitions. Do you know what to admonish means? It means to kind of smack you and get your attention and then straighten you out. Nobody in this culture likes that little when God's waking you up. It hurts. It stings. It's uncomfortable. It is at times embarrassing. You know why most people that leave church never come back? Most people that leave church never come back for one reason. Pride. They find out they were wrong. They want to come back, but they're ashamed because everybody's going to see them. They think. So just go to a big church like this one and no one will notice. <laughs> John in Michigan, Karen in Mississippi, Norma in Virginia, Faye in Tennessee, and Susie in Alabama. I want to know if you're getting this. The precepts. Watch it. This is Paul talking to Timothy. The precepts, the corrections, the admonitions, the sum of my ministry which you have heard me teach in the presence of many witnesses. Here, Timothy, is what I want you to do with it. I want you to entrust it as a treasure to reliable and faithful men and women who will also then be capable and qualified to teach others. Your Bible in one place says... You should be teaching, and yet you still have need to be taught because all you do is suck on the bottle of the sincere milk of the word. You get no taste of meat in your mouth because meat costs a whole lot more than milk. I'm going, to, I'm going to say this. I'm going to parenthetically insert it, and I don't want you to ever forget it. You need to continue your education in the things of God and of his kingdom at Valor Christian College. Period. That's the way you're supposed to do it. Period. Period right? I'm talking about you. Gene in Indonesia, why did you change on me? 
Go back to where you were with Gene in Indonesia. Hallelujah. I want to get back to Gene in Indonesia. Thank you. Teresa in Mexico and Yanni in the Dominican Republic. Hey, I'm talking to you. Study to show yourself approved. A workman unto God that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now for the next 10 minutes, I'm going to be on meat. So if you need to get a toothpick out, get it. I'll try to put it in a blender for you so you can take it through your straw. Are you ready? You need to continue your education at Valor Christian College, either on campus or online. At least one class online will change your spiritual, not direction, what do you call that? Your spiritual, what are you saying, doctor? That's it. Your, because I heard Brother Summerall say it. He said, faith sets your trajectory where you're going to end up. Faith doesn't set where you are now. Faith sets where you're going to be. The trajectory of faith. God knew where Joseph was going to end up. When he was in the pit, God knew he'd end up in the palace. It's a trajectory. And you set it. And if you don't set it properly, your trajectory is off and you end up in the wrong place. Valor Christian College. Let me give you an example. Uh, we have something. It's on the website. It's everywhere. Now you forgive me if I'm not shucking tonight. Because I, I, I got to get some meat in you. I'm not here tonight to entertain you. I'm really not. I want to get this in you. In your belly. Ooh, I heard you, Lord. We have something called our statement of faith. You know about this, Senior Elder Canfield? Our statement of faith. Have you ever read it? Do you know what you're sitting under? Know those who labor among you. Lay hands on no man. Suddenly, sometimes 17 years is too suddenly. They're not ready. They're not mature. They're still in Holy Ghost diapers. Our statement of faith. 
Now, to most folks, that'd be very boring. That's the reason don't look at it. They think it's boring. It provides the foundation upon which, over the last 43 years, we have built these 14 major ministries. One of those is that God is the creator of the world we live in. He controls what happens with all of his creation. Let me give it to you this way. He is sovereign. He is, God is eternal. He has no beginning, no ending. He has always existed and he always will. He exists in three forms, agreeing in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Another that I'm just exceedingly interested in is this one. And the reason I'm interested in it is because uh, I was going through my phone like so many of you do. And uh, I was checking out, you know, Facebook. I was checking out Instagram. Uh, not, not to, you know, browse, but rather to see what our ministry was putting out. I, I think we have uh, nearly 40 different sites in this ministry. So it takes a while to go through them. Well, on my feed, which is kind of a home feed, it comes up there. And it shows what other people are doing. And one, one of those, a ministry had put out, which caught my attention, what the Bible is and what the Bible is not. Well, I thought that was interesting. So I thought, well, I think I'll look. Prominent ministry, flashy, got all the stuff. Got a preacher that's super powered in a program that's always new. They got it going on. So I thought, wow, I'd be interested in what they say the Bible is and the Bible is not. The first thing they said is the Bible is not. You ready? Go ahead, put it up there. The word of God. Most of you follow this person. But again, you don't know what they believe. You eat at the trough full of poison and then wonder why you have no faith. Stop drinking from everybody's well. You better amen, Brian. My voice comes back. Brian, Sharon, Michael in Kentucky, and Sonia in South Carolina, listen. The, but this is what is going out as the gospel. This is what a generation of people are being led by. The Bible is not the word of God. Here's what they said the Bible was. 
and they don't mind me sharing this, they put it out for the whole world. The Bible is a product of community. This is the Bible, okay? Secondly, the Bible is not self-interpreting. We're back to the dark ages. We're back to pre-Reformation, Elder Canfield. We are back to, you really can't understand the Bible, so we'll just tell you what it is. And you believe it because you have no discernment. Because you have no word and no spirit, therefore you have no faith. What they say is the Bible is, watch it, a library of texts. This is why you need Valor Christian College. Be not deceived. There is a spirit of religious deception loosed in the earth, the likes of which none of us have ever seen. People are believing lies left and right. And your Bible says, God will send strong delusions. You believe a lie and be damned. I told you, everybody enjoying your, your turkey drumstick? This, this is not a strawberry shortcake. They say the Bible is not a science book. Well, I would partially agree with that one. However, all science confirms the validity of God's word. Always has and always will. God knew it was a baby before science ever caught up. They say the Bible is multivocal. Now, I'm just going to be real honest with you. I've got a few degrees. I have no idea what that means. That sounds like political talk to me. You ever watch a politician talk for 30 minutes and you have no more idea what they said than a big horse? Because they're masters at talking and saying nothing. Now, they say, the Bible is not an answer or rule book. The Bible is not an answer. Then why don't we just throw them out the side door? I preached this in the 80s. Why don't we just throw our Bibles in a pile outside, light them on fire, have a weenie roast, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. If it's not true, why are we here? If it's not absolutely, inherently true, then let's just forget the whole thing. And I wish some of you would. It's not the atheist shaking his fist in the face of a holy God that is a detriment to the body of Christ. Far more insidious is the so-called preacher and pew-sitter who are absolute strangers to the character of the Christ they claim they serve. Uh, meat. The Bible is 
Watch this. A human response to God. Well, God's, God's so weak, he can't even give a word that's not full of error. So how are we supposed to respond to a God like that? A God that lies and doesn't tell the truth. A God that is not true. How shall we respond? The great Francis Schaeffer said, how shall we then live? The Bible is a human response. Oh, we've got another one. The Bible is not inerrant. Uh, that's a typo. It's not inerrant twice. Thank you. The Bible is not inerrant means it's full of mistakes. Nor is the Bible infallible. Means it's wrong. Infallible. Infallible would mean it is perfect and entire. It is what it claims to be. The word of God. That's inerrant. They're saying the Bible is not inerrant. So how can you trust it? It gets real quiet, quiet when you serve me. The Bible is, watch this, watch this. This is political speak. The Bible is living and dynamic. Like they want you to believe the Constitution of the United States is. It's a living document. It's a breathing thing. Meaning, translation, you can make it anything you want it to be. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Nope. Nope. Because the woke crowd don't believe that. They don't believe all men are created equal. And if you do, just read their literature. To make any decision based on the color of one's skin and not the content of their character is racist. And it doesn't matter what the color is. The Bible is living and dynamic. Is that the last one? Okay, so let me tell you what our statement of faith says. Are you ready for that? Our statement of faith says of the Bible, the Bible is God's word to his people. Whew. It was written over the course of centuries by human authors inspired by, under the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit who is God. The Bible is inspired. God breathed. It reflects God's heart for how we should live. It does not reflect the opinions of the human authors. And God's word is inerrant. 
It is absolutely true in every respect and leaves us with the challenge to obey it fully rather than selectively obeying only those parts that we agree with or understand. The Bible is God's standard and we experience success in our spiritual lives by conforming our lives to its teachings. Did you get it? So if one of these hucksters comes up on your live feed telling you that the Bible is not the Word of God, telling you that the Bible is not inerrant, telling you that the Bible is not inspired, now you, dear one, have an answer. According to God's Word, you should always be able to give an answer to anyone at any time concerning your faith. Have I inspired you? to learn more in defense of your faith. Wow. How much do you know? Well, you know this. You know your story. And your story is the most powerful tool you have against the forces of darkness. I'm right now to my text, and I think I shall wait until next Wednesday to take you through digging a deep, deep well of faith. Now, I will share with you, we'll have to do some unearthing. Do you remember what God said to the prophet Jeremiah? Root up, pull down, destroy, and then plant and build. Some stuff has to get out of the way so the right stuff can get in. You cannot mix the formula to run your combustion engine. If you decide you water it down, then your spiritual life becomes like this. Did I just describe you? On again, off again, shouting and waving and clapping in worship and fighting like cats and dogs on the way home. Feeling the holy and mighty and glorious presence of God and then going home and dumping the garbage of this culture in the same tank. There's a precious, beautiful baby right over there. Come around here and get a shot of her. She's just the most beautiful thing. 
This is baby Saprowski, one of our pastors, and his lovely wife, which is how the baby got so lovely. Now you look at that beautiful baby. I'm going to be very careful with my words. I want you to look at the baby. All its fingers, all its toes, a beautiful little button nose. It's beautiful. It's healthy. It's whole. Let me ask this mother a question. Uh, while you were pregnant in your belly or your womb or where life is generated from, uh, did you drink alcohol? You did not. Did you smoke cigarettes? Uh, did you smoke marijuana because you were nervous? No. Did you, did you uh, use cocaine? No. So you didn't use alcohol. So then the baby couldn't have alcohol-induced syndrome. Why? Because she didn't let anything contaminate her womb, her generator, her life giver. What are you putting in your tank? And then you see a devil and you need to accelerate and run over the thing. And when you push the pedal, all you get is a stalled out engine. Why? You're putting the wrong things inside you. Come out from among them. Purify your fuel. Get more of an intake of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to generate fire and faith on the inside of you to move your tongue, which will move your mountain. I think I've given them enough tonight. What do you think? Did you get anything? You know, I hate to leave you short because I have not exhausted the subject. But sometimes, my 57, sometimes I had, to, I had to get used to it, Dr. Lowe, because it only has a 12-gallon tank. And I have covered my blue jeans more than once by getting my tank too full. So I think I'll just tap you off. And we'll get another fill up next Wednesday night. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Everybody's shouted, type it in. The just shall live by faith. The just, Laura in Pennsylvania, 
Derekia, I believe, in Virginia, Maggie in California, Danielle in Wisconsin. Boy, I haven't seen very many names I recognize tonight. I don't know where all the church folk are. Hallelujah. Oh, you can be seated because I do. I do want to move forward to one more thing. Just one more thing. Genesis 26.1 is very, very interesting to me. Tonight, read the 26th chapter of the first book of your Bible, the book of Genesis, where all things begin. It's like baseball, in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning. Are you there, Genesis 26.1? It's very simple. And there was a famine in the land. I will talk next week about the spiritual drought that we are experiencing at this moment. And we will surely perish if we do not learn to redig the wells of our fathers that our enemies, your Bible said, have stopped up. But Isaac redug the wells of his father, Isaac, Abraham, that his enemies had stopped up. It's time to redig. It's time to go back to the discarded values of the past. It's time to stop searching for some new and glittery and flashy thing and get back to the work of releasing rivers of living water out of our belly, out of our spirit, out of our generator, out of our womb. Hallelujah. Your Bible says guard your heart, your belly, your spirit, your inward man, guard it, said armed guards around it as one would his virgin daughters. That's what your Bible says. For out of it are the issues of life. Are you guarding it? Are you setting armed guards around it? When you go to bed tonight, Say those beautiful words now in a beautiful song written by Master Deegan and Cameron coming out on Harvest Music Live's new EP. Abba, I belong to you. Lord Jesus, I worship you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this room. Guard my mind. Guard my heart. For out of it are the rivers of living water. And everywhere they touch, things live again. There's resurrection power in the issuings from my heart. Hallelujah. There was a famine in the land. 
verse 12, Genesis 26. Read the whole chapter. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Are you ready to be blessed? Three things are necessary. Isaac sowed in the land. Seed is important. Soil is important. But season may be the most important. We live in Ohio. And right now, we just had, I don't know, Eight inches of snow or something covering up the fields. Those beautiful cornfields as far as you could see. And yet where they harvested last year, their corn stalks still sticking up. And I thought about if I could blink my eyes and suddenly it was April, May. I'd see those great combines, excuse me, those great planters out in those fields, planting 30 rows at a time, planting that seed. Never one time have I seen a farmer crying because he was losing his seed because he knew that in just a few months, Those sprouts will come. And then the stalks will grow. And then the ears will appear. And then the grain in the ears. And then it's harvest time. We're in the greatest sowing season of the entire year. Pesach, Passover, headed toward Easter in less than 40 days. And God is saying, get your seed in the ground because there's a harvest coming, the likes of which you have never imagined. Huh? Shout amen online. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing of God right now. I'm going to encourage you tonight to sow every single person. Every single person. If you sow a seed of any size, I have something very beautiful for you. It's a full-size book in a little form. It's called Touched by the Anointing. I'll give it to you just to say thank you for your gift of any size tonight. But then, on the 25th year anniversary of the prophetic revelation of resurrection seed, God gave me three messages. The power of the blood, the power of the cross, and the power of the resurrection. Oh, you'll shout all over your house. You'll have to pull your car over and get out and dance a while. Get filled up with God's word and his spirit. But tonight, 
No one reminded me, but the Holy Spirit did. There's a very special anointing tonight. If I've ever said this, I don't know it. And certainly it hasn't been in the last 20 years. But I sense a strong anointing. That's why I sowed, I don't know, 16, 17 gifts of $100. Because I believe there's an anointing tonight on a $100 seed to open up the well of living water that's in your belly right now. And that as you speak God's word in the next seven days, you're going to feel like you need to put your hand behind your head for the force of the energy of God's word spoken in faith out of your own mouth. You've been filled up with faith tonight. So sow a seed of faith. Let everybody, everybody that feels the slightest touch of God tonight to sow a $100 seed, do it. Do it. And I know God's going to bless you. I'm going to give you a moment to do that. And I want you to know I love you. And I'll send you something else special. I don't know what I'll send you. I'll have to go look and see what we have. But if you sow the $100 seed tonight, you'll receive the three messages and the book and a very special gift that I want to send you. Hallelujah. So tonight, Father, oh God, let us get the dust and the dirt and the rocks and the sticks out of our well. Oh God, remove anything that is displeasing to you. Show us the hidden sin of our heart that we might not sin against you. Our heart is pure before you, O oh God. Make our hands clean. <laughs> Loose those living waters again up out of our belly that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is right now in heaven. Bless everyone that sows tonight. Multiply their seed sown. I speak a special blessing upon their obedience tonight. In Jesus' glorious name, amen. 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 Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.